Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello. We're starting to fall apart without Sophie. We really are. This is Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff. I'm Maggie. That's Shireen. There's no Sophie. Uh, there's no Sophie and there's no power where you are, so. That's true. I'm literally recording this on my backup battery because <laughs> I'm a prepper and my power's out because I live and in the y- mountains. And y'all are worth it. This is what, how yeah. much you mean to us. That's right. Ian is our audio engineer. On Woman Wrote Our Theme Music, and Stonewall is Why I Briefly Had Rights as a Trans Person. Uh, That's what we're talking about today. Stonewall. This is part four. Go listen to the other parts. Yes. Or you're a sucker. What are you fucking doing if you're not doing that? Get your shit together. So Stonewall is sort of used to getting raided. They paid off the cops. So they usually had a heads up. Um, When the cops rolled in, the bartenders would jump over the bar and pretend to be patrons so they wouldn't get singled out. Um, which is pretty clever, honestly. And usually they got raided, like I said, early in the night and on weeknights. But not this time. On weekends, the bar's crowded as fuck. The floor plans mm-hmm. say maximum occupancy was around 180 people or some shit. But there were usually at least 200 people there on weekends. And at the time of the raid, there were like different estimates put it at between like 200, 210 or so people. And there's no fire exits in this place that has already burned only a few years back. Like five years earlier, this place has burned. There's no fire exits and they're crowding it because people are desperate to fucking dance. Yeah. I mean, life back then wasn't exactly great. Yeah, You got to get your kicks where you or you could. Right. Right. So now we're going to introduce this week's villain, though he's kind of a, he's like an anti-villain like, he's still mm. a villain, but you know how, like, an, an anti-hero is, like, a hero who kind of sucks? Right. He's the villain, but he's interesting. Uh, he's the villain that cl- doesn't suck completely. Yeah, I mean, he's, like, doing awful, awful things. His actions absolutely suck, but it, his, like, motivation is interesting. It's a clash of moralities. His name is Deputy Police Inspector Seymour Pine, mm. and he's a veteran cop. He's been a cop almost 30 years by 1969. He took a break from being a cop to go fight the Nazis. And he had this specific unique thing going for him that set him aside from other cops at the time. He wasn't corrupt. Whoa. 
Wow. Yeah. What I didn't expect that to, to be what you were going to say, to be honest. Uh-huh. Surprise, surprise. And what I find so interesting about this guy, what I kind of like about him is from my point of view, this is like strong evidence against the institution of police because this guy should have ruled. He wanted to do what was right. He was actually and genuinely a lawful person as far as I can tell. Mm. But since laws are shitty judges of morality, he runs around and puts people into cages for a living. Um, and, and he probably wasn't personally a bigot, but he was an agent of a bigoted system. Um, and the difference matters in as much as we can understand those systems and dismantle them. Mm-hmm. And years later, he said, quote, if what I did helped gay people, then I'm glad. Well. Yeah. And he's not being self-congratulatory. I think he's acknowledging his role in this like bad system. In yeah. a, a later documentary, he says, quote, you knew they broke the law, but what kind of law was it? Wow. Okay, Seymour. Okay. I know. I know. I mean, he's about to go beat up people and fondle their genitals and shit. Like oh, he's not no. a, like he's like I didn't know it was gonna go that far down. Okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, like, cause cause that's cause he's raiding the place, right? Um, and that's what's involved in raiding a place. Yeah. And he talks a bunch on TV shows and shit about that night. Uh, about how they saw themselves as fighting the mafia, but that they arrested gay people as a part of it to boost their arrest numbers because arresting gay people was so easy because, quote, they never gave you any trouble. Well. But, you know, so he he raided Stonewall. Specifically, what happened first is two women undercover went in posing as a butch femme couple. At least one of them had been coming to the bar for a while. Um, it's they possible love to she just was... pretend they're gay in quotes. They just love to do that. Mm-hmm. Love to role play. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this woman posing as a gay woman who may or may not have been posing, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Yeah. One twenty in the morning, they raid. They've given no warnings. The bar is crowded as fuck. Everyone's drunk. And the night was like really getting going. And a tiny handful of cops think they could take the place down. Like, literally, that guy Pines walks in and says, police were taking the place. Is this him? <laughs> uh, I think he's... So, I've read four and I've read eight, and there's a. am sure someone knows the exact actual answer. But still very little. People. Very yeah. little cops. Wait, so at this point... Sorry if I'm mm-hmm. jumping around. At this point, mm-hmm. the mafia isn't protecting them anymore? Like, they're not getting paid mm-hmm. off? So, they are. But what it is, is he works for the vice squad, the public morality... Group, right like, okay squad or whatever so he is not part of the paid off cops Got and it. actually tension between the paid off cops and him play a, a role in it later okay probably. okay okay good to know and so maggie jiggs our mm-hmm. acid dealing bartender she she jumps over the bar with the money when the and then when the cops question her she's like oh this is my money as a cigarette girl and they <laughs> let her go and wow. then later later the mafia's like, all right, you got away with the money, right? And she's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. They, they got it all. <laughs> Maggie, Maggie, Maggie. What a, yeah. what a fucking badass. I know. Um, so they demand ID sh- making to make sure everyone is dressed in gender-appropriate clothing. Uh, and the cops are saying all kinds of homophobic shit that I'm not going to repeat. Mr. Pine is clearly not stopping them. Maybe he's doing it himself. And And some of the queens are like, you know what? fuck you, fuck this. And people mm-hmm. start refusing to show ID and they like pull all the queens aside to one place and are like, show ID and mm-hmm. like start being really shitty and and they're like, no, nah, fuck you. And so the cops are like, fine, we're arresting basically everyone. But a crowd is starting to gather outside. This is the fucking gayborhood. And so as arrested people are let out of the bar, they start like 
striking poses and the bar and the uh, crowd is like shouting out like applause meter ratings oh my being gosh. like I gave it a 7 you know as they're that's like that's incredible yeah yeah and a a pig mobile shows up to arrest, to take the arrest arrested people a van arrest van um and the crowd starts changing <laughs> and oh, no. people start to boo no someone shouts gay power and they start singing we shall overcome okay and the cops, they call for backup. They get on their radio, they call for backup. And then as I've heard it, someone unknown with a police radio was basically like, never mind that order, ignore it. Wow. That is some, I mean, that's like cinematic shit, you know? It's just like yeah. uh, sneaky. And so there's like two main guesses about what this is. And the most likely one is that the corrupt cops from, I can't remember what precinct, six precincts or something. Mm. They're like, what the fuck? Don't shut down our cash cow. They're like, no, right. don't send back up, you know? Because um, they get paid a fuck ton of money to keep right. this place from going down. Yeah, they get paid enough to never worry about anything ever again. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, if you pay me $2,000 a week now, I'd be set, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, w- I would protect you until I die. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's also possible that there was a gay activist with a radio in the place. And then the the like least likely but sort of fun thing that I've heard someone say is maybe it was that gay, the, the lady cop was like getting second thoughts, you know? That yeah. one's not very likely. No, I think my my first thought was that like someone stole the radio, but it probably was one of the cops. That That's also that possible. Yeah. My, my thought was like someone stole the radio and they were like, nope, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. No, which... Which would be, that would be the coolest thing that happened, you know? And so there's an awful lot of what set off the riot talk. Uh, And it's part of the everyone trying to own Stonewall thing. Because people want to not, also, because people want to not be left out, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it is like, oh, this trans woman threw the first brick or whatever, or, you know. um, And there's a lot of different, but there's a lot of different inciting incidents. And what I think matters so I'm not going to say this one was first, this one wasn't first. What I'm going to say is that this riot was something that was participated in by the larger queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like almost not an identity that isn't represented in this riot. And there were a lot of inciting incidents. And first and foremost, I will also say some of the stuff I've seen about this is like, and then the violence started when someone punched back. And right. I'm like, that's not, no, violence starts when someone hits someone, mm-hmm. which the cops are doing already. The cops right. started the violence. What gets called the violence is when it suddenly becomes two-way violence. Interesting. I mean, checks out as far as cop behavior goes, defense-wise. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, because, okay, the police, there's not only the violence of forcing people to strip so you can, like, see or grab their fucking junk, but also, for example, a queen who was being let out the door was punched in the face by a cop. Mm. In response, Queen started throwing coins at the cop, a reference, they started throwing pennies, basically being like, hey, we already bought you, bitches. Like, what the fuck are you doing, you know? Here's nice. some more money. Fuck you, Poetic. you know? Yeah. yeah. There was a butch lesbian in men's clothes who uh, really actively wanted to not get arrested. This was probably um, uh, a black lesbian named Stormy DeLaverney. Mm-hmm. Uh, she denied this for years, and then later she was like, yeah, it was me. She got led to the police van, but she broke free and got back to the crowd. So the cops grabbed her again, took her to the police van, so she broke free again. Um, This happened repeatedly. Finally, she shouted, why don't you guys do something? And then probably decked a cop. Wow. Another inciting incident. And that last one is the one that has the most eyewitness accounts. 
Um, another inciting incident was a stockinged and high-heeled leg kicked a cop in the chest from inside the arrest wagon. That, the image is beautiful to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then another queen smashes a cop with her purse. Meanwhile, some handcuffed people escape, including our man, the skull, the mother, Ed Murphy. I would be surprised if they were able to keep him in, in restraints or <laughs> yeah, I know. in custody at all. <laughs> well, and the way he gets away, at least the way he says that they got away and there's no reason to disbelieve him, is he's handcuffed to another guy. And so they, they hop in a cab and the cabbie is gay and speeds them off to another gay bar that's like a kink bar, wow. like a fetish bar. And the fetish guys are like, yeah, of course we have handcuff keys and let them go. <laughs> That is so funny. I love that. I know. Um, So back at Stonewall, the cops are like, oh, this is this is bad. We are outnumbered and also bad people. They might Mm -hmm. not have realized the second part. They should have, but they might not. Yeah. Um, But they realize they're outnumbered. Cop wagons speed off with whoever they could get some speed away on slash tires. One of the people who was in this crowd is this anarchist folk singer named Dave Von Ronk, and he's straight. He just fucking hated cops. That, he that was counts. Like, Ally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was at the restaurant down the street. He's like, oh, shit, it's on. So this guy, Dave Von Ronk, he's not really remembered much now, but his mentees, like Bob Dylan, are much more famous. Mm, okay. And he wrote the arrangement for House of the Rising Sun that everyone plays. I'm usually kind of sick of that song. That's a pretty big deal. Yeah, like but in general, yeah, the version of the animals play, which is the same as Bob Dylan's version, is his his version of it. Okay, um, I'm pretty sick of that story, but then I I listened to his version after learning this fact. I actually really like it. He's a way fucking better singer than Bob Dylan, although that doesn't take a lot. <laughs> I don't take. think this is a contentious. I don't think this is like he's <laughs> a songwriter. You know, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go with that. He's my evidence that as a man, you don't have to be good at singing in order to make it. But women have to be both good songwriters and fucking amazing vocalists. Yes. There are many evidences of that, I think, both ways. So I agree. I agree. So Dave, he's in the crowd and the cops grab him and they drag him inside Stonewall and they handcuff him to a radiator and beat him almost to unconsciousness. And then they barricade the door and lock themselves in from the rioting crowd outside. So they can beat him in peace? Like, you know, I, I think what it is is that they're like, they're scared and outnumbered by this crowd mm-hmm. that's become a riot. And so they're like, fuck, get inside, get inside. And they're like in the middle of arresting this guy. This is my best yeah. guess. And so they drag him inside um, with them. And also locked in there with them is like a reporter from, I think, The Village Voice who was just like happened to be there and was like, ah, I was like hiding and then was like in the bar. Well, it's, <laughs> and so, so the cops just, like uh, characters show up for this. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so they're all fucking, the cops are barricaded inside the place. Mm-hmm. And later, since they've beaten our guy Dave up, they have to charge him with assault because that's like literally... Whenever I hear yeah. someone got arrested for assaulting an officer, I assume it means they got assaulted by an officer. Yes, that's very good to assume, yeah. And Pine, that cop who, um, you know, the the one who was Seymour Pine? Yeah, Seymour Pine. He'd been in combat, right? And later he said that being barricaded inside the club was the most scared he'd been in his life. Whoa. And to that I say, good. Yeah. I mean, I know he said some nice things later, but at yeah. that moment, 
fucking good. Yeah. I'm glad he survived, I guess, right? But like... Uh, you know what? I don't think it's helpful to have that good apple because that's more proof no, no, that no, no, people are going to have the good apple. Yeah. Like, I obviously, I yeah, wish... Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, not, that's not true. I was going to say I wish death <laughs> to no one. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> but I do think sometimes that narrative... And also, just like, it's it's very convenient in retrospect to have that point of view first. Totally. Second, no, totally. there is no bad, good thing as a good cop, ever. Yeah. And so I think the narrative of like being like, oh, this what this is an example of why we need them and they have their good yeah. morals or whatever. It's like, no, it's just a fucking, that, that's more probe cop shit. I don't know. Well, from my point of view, the fact that he's a good cop is exactly why copying is bad. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why there is no good cop is because this person who should have been a good cop by all standards. Yeah. Like by the book. Some, yeah. Yeah. Not corrupt. Like literally all this went down because he was trying to not be corrupt. He went and oppressed the shit out of some people, yeah. you know, and like literally the corrupt cops are like more on the side of gays. And even though they probably hate gays more. Yeah. Right. And all, but they're all. Uh, selfishly, financially motivated, right? They would never yeah. support them otherwise. Like, yeah, support yeah, exactly. quotes, yeah. Right, totally. So anyway, they're barricaded inside the building. Uh, the crowd breaks out the window and starts squirting lighter fluid into the room. Wow. <laughs> um, but then, in the nick of the time, and just in the nick of time, from the cop's point of view, and probably from the folk singer's point of view, more riot cops show up uh, before they all get burned alive in the building. Um, the and tacti- Dave? Well, that's the thing. It's like, so that, because he's handcuffed to a radiator and the crowd's about to burn the building down. Yikes. Is it just him inside with the cops? And the, the Greenwich, the Village Voice. Oh, right. Guy. Okay. Yeah. No, all, all of the patrons have all been kicked out by now. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the riot squad shows up and they show up with amazing deals on goods and <laughs> services. I was genuinely hanging on that word. I was like, what do you what did they come with? Okay. No, they they came bearing ads, I guess. I I don't know. Okay. Let's go. That was good. Break. That was good. Just go with it. All right. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. We're back. And uh, the crowd didn't run. Uh, the riot cops show up and they're probably like, hell yeah, we're fucking 
stomp these fucking queens. Yeah, or I mean they've already gone through so much. Like what backing down then is like right. Yeah, yeah. Why fucking bother? In for a penny, um, in for throwing pennies at cops, in for pounding cops. Yeah, yeah. So they form a kick line. I think it's only a couple people, but they form a kick line and start doing like high kicks and singing these songs. As the riot cops approach, because I love queers. That's why they all did these, it. All these imagery is beautiful. You yeah. know, like, yeah, damn, queers know how to riot. I know. Especially with this next line. In the melee, one source claims that a cop was bit so hard he needed medical treatment. That makes me so happy. And I, 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 I think that makes me sick, but it makes me really yeah. happy to hear that. Uh, yeah. I feel like that's my fighting style, to be honest. Yeah. Out of all the fighting styles I've heard, I don't think I would be able to like be graceful or anything, but I could bite someone. I um, believe you. So that's my yeah. that's my role. But yeah, beautiful, beautiful tactics all around. Yeah. the The most grievous injury that happened at Stonewall riots is a teenager, uh, a queer teenager, lost two fingers that were slammed into a car door. Yikes! Um, and that was the. And that was. I mean, you know, there's more ins and outs, but at 3.35 a.m., the first day's riot was over. But the media covered it, so crowds came out the next night also. And at first, it was like a big block party. Um, The -hmm. veterans of the previous night took center stage, and they, like, kissed and posed for photos, and cheerleaders led chants of gay power. And it fucking rules, right? The riot police came, but there were thousands of people, uh... Because the media and, basically gave them like promotion or like attention. Yeah. 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 And so the riot cops would attack, but these people already knew what 2020 protesters later learned. Be water. When the police approach, back up and reconvene. You know, so the mm-hmm. cops would like make an attack and everyone just back off. Yeah. Martha P. Johnson. She's this super rad black queen. She's often credited as throwing the first brick at Stonewall or something. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes she's credited as throwing a shot glass at the mirror and screaming, I've got my civil rights. Mm-hmm. But she's very clear that the night before she wasn't there when the riots started, she showed up at 2 a.m. and and threw down. But this, the next day, the second night of riots. I have a question. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, what does she say she did? She says she showed up at 2 a.m. and threw down. But she doesn't say like, I threw the first nope. brick or like shock. Okay. Okay. No. Interesting to know. Yeah, no, um, although Sylvia Rivera, who we'll talk about in a second, that'll be an interesting question with her. Okay. So, Martha P. Johnson, second night of riots, climbs a lamppost with a, with a bag with a brick in it uh-huh. and drops it on a cop car wow. and smashes up the window. And the sheer athleticism of climbing a lamppost with a bag with a brick in it, Wow. I'm in fucking awe. That's Olympic type shit. I, that's, that's athleticism used correctly. Yeah, totally. And then Sylvia Rivera uh, is a a Puerto Rican trans woman uh, who identified as a queen at the time, who was part of all of this too. And she's, um, she's one of Marsha's best friends. uh, And she probably wasn't at the first night of riots. She was by most accounts, um, high and or asleep in a park nearby. Okay. And she spent an awful lot of time telling people that she was there. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not trying to talk shit on her. She rules and did a fuck ton of amazing activism. And I hate bringing her up only to point out that she wasn't there. I'm just trying to myth bust a little bit because these are mm-hmm. the two people who are sort of like often presented as the right the, the people who kicked it off. 
I mean, and it's curious to see, to know how that rumor or whatever starts, right? Or like how yeah. that information starts to get spread. Yeah, and I think with her, I think it's her being like, oh yeah, it's totally there. Right, exactly. And I mean, whatever. I'm fucking, I could see myself doing that too. So night two, there's a big riot. Queers and allies are fighting cops. Um, and there's a lot of contentious stuff about who did what fighting and like, there's like one part that's like, and then the anarchist fucked up everything by showing up or whatever. And like, every time I of read course. that, I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, like never heard that one before. But uh, then all the gays started getting along and everyone got their rights because of Stonewall. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure we'll, I'll, I'm sure on future episodes, I'll talk more about post Stonewall stuff too. But Stonewall wasn't the first gay riot, but it was a turning point. And the queer movement moved from assimilationist to liberationist. But there's one more riot story I want to tell you, one that I didn't know about and one that's left out of mainstream discourse time and time again. Because this riot on Stonewall wasn't the only riot on that street that night that was directly related to all of this. I didn't know that. So, okay. There's a thing that I've either talked about on the show or I wrote it in one of the scripts I haven't recorded yet. I don't remember because my brain doesn't work that way. It's fair. There's a thing called the Panther 21. There's a group of people called the Panther 21. The short of it is that there are 21 Black Panthers in New York City in 1969, same time all this stuff happens. Uh, they were framed up on some bullshit charges that kept them tied up in jails and courts for years. And it was part of this whole thing that split the Black Panthers, specifically the New York mm -hmm. uh, East Coast in general, but New York in particular. One of these Panthers, she's most famous now as Tupac Shakur's mom. And her name right. is Afini Shakur. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Love her. Love them. Uh, yeah. And she's going to she's gonna be even cooler. Um, well, she was already this cool. But I learned more cool stuff about her that I didn't know. She already fucking rules. Uh, she joined the movement. Um, she converted to Islam. She became a leader. She helped establish the Harlem Breakfast Program for Kids. Uh, she was 21 when she was arrested as one of the Panther 21 in April 1969 in a coordinated series of 13 raids on Panther houses. So about, I can't do math, but like two or so months before um, before Stonewall. And this is a frame-up, right? The Panther 21 didn't do these things. I'm sure they were doing illegal things, but this is not what they were framed up for. Um, and it was saying that they were going to like bomb department stores and no dynamite was found in any of the 13 mm -hmm. raids, but that doesn't matter to cops. They got tied right. up in court for years. She got locked up into a place called the Women's House of Detention, mm -hmm. which overlooks Christopher Street and the Stonewall Inn. In fact, she was locked up across the street when the Stonewall riots happened. Okay. And a part of the story of the riot that's left out is that the women in the House of Detention saw the riot and started rioting. How is that left out? That is crucial info that I should have known. Especially because it's like Tupac Shakur's mom. Like, I know. Come on. I, I assume a combination of leaving out black people, leaving out lesbians, leaving out right. women's struggles, and leaving out uh, anti-carceral stuff. Right. That's that, that, all of the above. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and also a lot of people, like, I, I didn't know this until I um, actually, shout out to Hugh Ryan, who wrote a book called The Women's House of Detention. I think that's what it's called. And Hugh Ryan's a former guest on this podcast. You can listen to me talk to him about stuff. And, you know, he was like, oh, cool. I, I, I hit him up and I was like, what am I going to miss about Stonewall? And he was like, do you have the part about, 
you know, uh, a Phoenix mm-hmm. Shakur rioting across the street. And I was like, I do not, you know. That's so cool. That's so cool to know. Like, she's she was yeah. already so fucking cool. Yeah. I don't know. I thought she couldn't get cooler. I was wrong. Yeah. And so, at during Stonewall, women in the prison started burning shit, throwing burning mattresses out of the windows of the prison, screaming gay rights at the top of their lungs so that they, they could be heard from the street below. Hell yeah. Like, one of the... One of the people who showed up later to the riots who was like, oh, fuck, and like ran off to go to the riots, like heard the first rioting that, that, that this person heard was women in the prison screaming gay power or gay rights. Eight women used that night to try and escape. Author Hugh Ryan, veteran guest of the pod, wrote the book, Him Women's House of Detention. He wrote, quote, For far too long, our frame of reference for Stonewall has been too small, cropping the story down to a narrow sliver of its true self and then enlarging that image until it blots out everything else. The memory of these eight women has fallen into the crack between what happened and what we remember. Research as I might, I cannot bridge the divide. Which is to say that those eight women, he knows their first names, um, and he never, he wasn't able to find out more information about Mm. them, you know? It's hard to know the sexuality of all the women in the prison, though their shouts of gay power could be heard from the street. So it probably wasn't just one or two gay people in there. But we do know the sexuality of at least two of the women in the house of detention, Afani Shakur and her fellow Panther 21 arrestee, Joan Bird. Uh, Spoiler, they're queer. Yay! After the Panther arrests and Stonewall, some leftist queers were like, hey, the gay movement should protest the women's house of detention in support of the Panthers. And the conservative folks were like, no, we can't do that. That rocks the boat. Ugh. Yeah. Exactly. So the rowdy queers, they formed the Gay Liberation Front. Usually people talk about the the GLF's first protest being at the Village Voice, demanding the right to advertise in the paper, I think. Mm -hmm. But months earlier, the first protest they did, they protested alongside the Panthers at the House of Detention because prison abolition and support for black power get written out of history. They returned to the House of Detention, I believe, weekly. Um, Just being like, no, let these motherfuckers go. And in response, perhaps in response to this, or maybe just of his own volition, Huey P. Newton, co-founder of the Panthers, announced in 1970 that the Panthers were making common cause with the feminists and with gay liberation. And Afini Shakur spent months in solitary confinement uh, without even a bathroom in her cell. I think it might have actually been like regular in the prison. I got a little bit confused about this. Either in solitary or just regularly in prison, there was no fucking bathroom in the cell and you have to be escorted by two guards in order to go piss, which wasn't allowed very often. Yeah, it's really fucking bad. And for anyone out there who's playing cool people bingo, she acted as her own attorney. (laughs) Amazing. Um, Yes, I think I knew that part. Yeah. And this is the part that shocked me. It worked. I think this is like the only person. I've covered a lot of people who've defended themselves, right? To quote Hugh Ryan again, quote, Today, it is largely believed that it was Shakur's statements and her perceptive questioning of government infiltrators on the witness stand that exposed FBI corruption and saved the Panther 21. That's amazing. That's, that's yeah. great. Love her. Yeah. And I read, and I, again, I don't have this in my script, so it's me, my faulty memory, but it's like she convinced, I think, either an infiltrator or a cop on the stand to like admit that he was like hurting his own people. He was a, a black man. Um, and like got him to like admit he had like done bad wow. by trying to fuck with That's the Panthers. That's power. 
That's power. Yeah. yeah. And she was pregnant with Tupac in the prison. And it was the, the women in prison, um, I guess when she wasn't in solitary, that gave her strength for her court battles. Like every day she'd be like, oh, I don't know if I can fucking do this. And mm-hmm. people would be like, you fucking got this. You yeah. can fucking do it, you know? And her and her other Panther prisoner friend also found something else in jail. They found gay love. Ooh. Not even just the like kind of classic getting laid behind bars. Afini met a woman named Carol Crooks or Crooksy. And when the two of them got out, they started dating. Joan Bird met a butch named Byrne, who she also dated once they got out. Um, so it wasn't even just like jailhouse love. Right. You know? Oh, that's beautiful. Which been cool enough. I know. I mean, that, that's a nice ending to, to hear after like, I mean, obviously I know that she wasn't there forever, but to know that like she yeah. left and like had happiness with someone, that's nice. Yeah, totally. And if you want happiness, <laughs> you can buy it. From the ads. That's what they say. Money buys happiness. Yeah. If you don't have any money, you're fucked. Shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Guess you should have thought of that before participating by force into an economic system that rewards people who already have things. Why don't you think of that? Think about that during the break. Yeah. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit tomboyx.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this, I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. And we're back from that break, and I hope you've thought about what you've done. Long and hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) It's like sex. Um, And so, I just want it remembered that all this shit is connected. The Mm -hmm. gay women prisoners, including Tupac Shakur's mom, are among the Stonewall rioters. Um, And that the Gay Liberation Front formed to be in solidarity with those women. uh, That sex workers and trans people and cis people and people of every sexuality, even straight folk singers, were all involved. um, And that all of our struggles are connected. The the Gay Liberation Front formed and it did its thing. And I hope we talk about it more in the future. Star. I promised you a star. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Throwback to however long ago that was. Probably episode one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the street transvestite action revolutionaries mm-hmm. were formed by Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera. 
And they provided housing and help to LGBT youth and sex workers in New York. And they were an organization whose charity was funded largely through sex work. Wow, that's cool. On the first anniversary of, uh, of Stonewall, a parade was called for, the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Every gay group in town like, got together and voted for it in their big conferences they would have. Except the Mattachine Society. Oh, God. They really went downhill. They really did. They Damn. abstained. Damn. Yeah. How the, how the mighty fall? What's the, uh, people they've been say falling something. for yeah, a long okay. time. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. There's like a, there was yeah. a saying I was trying to get right, but I don't yeah, know yeah. no sayings correctly in English, so I shouldn't have tried. That's fine. Um, that is there a good Arabic saying for it? What'd you say? Is there a good Arabic phrase hmm. for it? Let's put you on the spot. I can't, there's nothing that directly translates into that, but there is okay. a lot of like disappointments and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. It, 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 it. Like, let's circle back to that after the show. All right. All right. So the Christopher Street Liberation Day Parade, more than 2,000 people came. Uh, most numbers say between three and 5,000. More and more people joined the march as it went on. Some people say 20,000. I Usually when people provide numbers. None of them are true. Right. Just frankly. They're all made up. Yeah. Oh my God. One day there's going to be like little like AI drones that actually count every single person Whoa. in the crowd. I feel like we're already there. We just don't know. Yeah. That's actually probably true. Other cities followed suit. And this is why Pride is in June. Because we remember that we can bite cops and kick them in the chest with high heels and we can scare them into barricading themselves into buildings and we can fucking come close to setting them on fire if we need to so that we can dress how we want and love who we want to love. That's, that's something to be proud for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I you know, it's funny because I, I like, I never really thought I was like queer enough. Yeah, same. And... You know, even like like when I, I identified as like a transvestite for a long time, because I was like, oh, I'm just a crossdresser, you know? Um, I'm a crossdresser named Margaret, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I never really felt super connected to a lot of the like, I don't regularly go to Pride or anything like that. I don't love crowds. Yeah, I'm the same. I like, I, I like riots more than I like calm yeah. <laughs> celebrations. Um, and like, and so, yeah, like I, but I, you know, the the more I hear about the history, the more I read about the history and stuff, the more I am like, no, I really am actually like proud, like because of how fucking hard the human battering rams have fought, you know? Yeah. No, I think, I mean, the origins of it are really good to know because I think there was a, a good amount of time before it got like, just it's like a pure marketing scheme like i feel like totally. now pride is just totally. like not what it used to be it's genuinely yeah. like used against us yeah but yeah i think uh knowing the history of what it actually started as before fucking corporations caught on to the yeah totally to the thing is important because i think now it's almost like i don't know you just kind of get some like well deserved uh, uh, hate because it's yeah. just become like rainbow pins and rainbow yeah. mugs from so-and-so company and like whatever yeah made by people who are working for terrible yeah. wages in other countries exactly. and like it's the new gayola 
Like we oh. used to pay off the mafia and now we pay corporations who are doing more evil for the world than the mafia could ever dream of. Not yeah. because the mafia is good, but because giant corporations are because capitalism the is world. the biggest evil. That's really yeah. what it is. It's just yeah. like if 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 it all boils down to people doing things for money, you know that we're fucked. Yeah. Yeah. But that said, it went from 2000 people in 1970, the 50th anniversary in 2019, uh, more than 5 million people celebrated in New York City. And this is the largest parade in New York City's history. Wow. And that's just fucking, as, as messy as it is, Yeah, it's still fucking rules that like, and it's just so, and we thought we made it. We're like that interviewer in 1998 who was like, hey, Harry, hey, right, 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 right. isn't it great that we've made it? And he's like, no, they will rip that away from you. You know? Yeah, he was right. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the biggest riot or uh, parade, rather, in New York history. That's really amazing to hear that. I know. Yeah. I know. I like, yeah, I didn't know that either until I was just like yeah. doing that research. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. And, and I'll close out by returning to the skull. Oh, yes. Oh, I forgot. Okay. Tell me what happened to the skull. To mother. To mother. For his part, the skull turned a new leaf after Stonewall. He became a community organizer. He spent all of his time helping street youth, working hard with the AIDS crisis and teaching condom use. He possibly, he was like one of the founders of the Christopher Street Festival that became Pride. Mm. Um, he, he came out, was yeah. a big part of all of this. And he became the kind of guy to like dress up at Santa, as Santa Claus for events. Like wow. he just became like everyone's like fucking... What an endearing man. <laughs> And at that point, he's, like, older because he, like, spent t- multiple yeah. times in prison and, like, whatever. Yeah, he fought in World War II. Right. You know? Oh, yeah. So he's, like, getting there. Santa Claus yeah. makes sense. Santa Claus makes sense. Yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> and he works really hard to keep pride focused on exactly what we were just talking about. He works hard to include people of color and working class white folks in pride and also to make sure that ex-cons feel welcome and basically, mm-hmm. like, keep pride, like not for rich people. Right. He gets one of his ex-cop buddies from when he was like, uh, when he was doing that scam with the corrupt cops, he gets one of them to turn a new leaf and become a community activist instead of a cop. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, Skull. He fucking, he fucking, yeah, like, and he, he died of AIDS um, Mm. on February 28th, 1989, 63 years old. At his funeral at St. Veronica's Roman Catholic, the priest said, if Ed Murphy is not with God, then there is no God. Wow. That's if you can beautiful. Get a, yeah. If you can live your, your like gay Catholic life or like, you know, like, like if you can get a Catholic priest to say this at your funeral. After like, everything you've done, good and bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was not exactly. a saint by any exactly. means. And the fact yeah. that he did so much good that it almost outweighed all of that. It's pretty amazing. Right. Well, and like, and I think that actually really like, um, I try not to like overly talk about religion on this podcast. I'm actually not particularly religious. It will come across very differently. I'm very interested in religious radicals. I'm mm. very interested in people who have different worldviews and how they apply them to the world. And that is like why I find so, find so much interest in all of this. Mm-hmm. But it's like, the the Catholic whole thing is theoretically about forgiveness and people mm-hmm. who have like been bad do good is like kind of almost the core of it. And like 
at its best, I think it's anti-carceral. And I think at its best, it is like, yeah, saying like, look, if this guy didn't get in, I mean, I, I don't yeah, it's like heaven, it's like, like getting freed or like redemption is like a huge part of that that journey yeah. for a lot of people. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and to keep it all super Irish, the funeral march included someone singing the song Danny Boy. Oh. And and the longest piece I was able to find about him, there was like one long article that someone wrote about his life. And it's this like gay Catholic piece. Um, it presents him really cynically. It doesn't like him, I think. Mm. It's like, um, and it it basically claims he is involved in charity work for like money and clout. Hmm. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> There's no money After and all clout. Of that, and fucking, like... Yeah. And and I, okay, and here's this, this I, I might regret saying this. I think at his heart, he was a class warrior. And the ext- extortion of rich gays is like, He's a poor criminal. He robs rich yeah. people. He's in the gay scene, so he robs rich gay people. Like, that's not good. That's, but, but it sounds not, like a quality. <laughs> just I know. It's not greedy or selfish to rob rich people. No. It's just a sign that your system is economically broken. I agree with you 100%. I really do. Like, I think kind of similarly, maybe this is also mm-hmm. promise of that, that I shouldn't say yeah. aloud, but like similarly how I think being a cop trumps everything, I think being rich sometimes can trump everything else because right. if, if there's a certain point where you kind of lose touch or not even just lose touch, but like there's just it's too much of a discrepancy, you know? It's just, I don't, I don't feel bad yeah. for you. Yeah. So I do think you're right. I think stealing from rich people, regardless of who they are, is never bad because they'll get over it and still be rich. Yeah. I mean, to a point, extorting to a point, them, obviously. Extorting them about their sexuality. Yes, not that. Leading to their suicide and stuff is more gay people killing themselves because of that. And that is a. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, not talking about that being. No, okay, no, I know. But as far as like. um the bad things he did, which were horrible. They were horrible. Yeah. I think in his life, potentially, maybe he was conscious of it and led it differently from that point. Because it sounds like later sounds in his like life, yeah. he kind of focused on being in like a, an activist and, and helping people from what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the pieces, I've read a couple different things about his snitching. Um, and one of them was like, oh, he stayed an informant for the police until mm. the NYPD beat the shit out of him. And then he stopped informing for them. Yeah. And then in his own words, he's like, no, fuck that. I ain't no rat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's but, what you got to say. Yeah. Everyone's um, going to say that. Yeah. And then Harry Hay, to, to go more full circle, the communist who started the Mattachine Society and then got run out of it. Mm-hmm. He went on to form another movement in 1979. This one that is pretty much immune to co-option. Uh, the Radical Fairies. Have you heard okay. of the Radical Fairies? I have. Should I have? I I don't know uh, much about anything. I have not heard of the Radical no, Fairies. No, no, it's fine. Um, I knew about them from like being a weird queer hitchhiker and hanging out okay. in rural spaces and stuff. And I'm not going into them deeply, but they're a, a kind of um, a new age pagan gay rural counterculture. Wow. Um, with like all kinds of messy stuff. You yeah. Know? And many of the people who I'm presenting uncritically in this episode have things that could be said about them, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in 1974, the Gay Liberation Front successfully got the, which is the group that kind of came most immediately out of Stonewall, Mm -hmm. um, got the American Psychiatric Association to take being gay out of the big book of mental disorders, the the DSM, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. I have opinions on that that we can't get into, but Mm -hmm. opinions. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
It was replaced with being upset about being gay was the new disorder in 1974. Wow. Until 2013 when we finally got rid of that. I mean, you could just call that shame at a certain point and just like not make it a mental disease to to feel one way or the other about yourself. That's so stupid, whatever. Yeah, no, and I mean, it's like, why would people be ashamed of being gay? Because society is yelling at you. exactly, exactly. That should be in there. Society's disease. Yeah. Be a different book. Mm -hmm. Be a a Conquest of Bread. I don't know. I've never read The Conquest (laughs) of Bread. Because progress isn't linear. We're now entering an age where if I went and gave this as a talk in Tennessee, it would have to be at a strip club. Yeah. (laughs) Because... I can't give a public talk in a bunch in soon a bunch of states. That's because we talked we talked about this throughout the whole story of this, but like genuinely, history does not change. It just changes. Like it just the, the flavor is different, but the 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 content is the same. Like genu- it's just so yeah. scary because we want to believe like oh my god, there's been improvement, and there has. Yeah, but that reality is terrifying. That like still. Like a century later, you're. It's not safe for you to, yeah, to be in public. Essentially, like that's yeah. fucked up. It's just unreal. I yeah, but I, I will say, I think it's not that nothing changes. I think it's that progress isn't linear, and we actually have to fight. That's true. That's a, that's a less cynical way to think about it. And when we fight, we win. We we win both. Often we win specific strategic victories. Everything from. The reformists convincing the New York mayor to stop entrapping gay men to entire huge movements that transform the cultural face of the world like Stonewall did, you know. And um, But also we win literally because like if you pelt cops with donuts and they drive away without arresting your friends, (laughs) you will never forget that feeling. Yeah. And when you die, you will have done something amazing. You will have won because we all fucking die. But not everyone has scared cops away with donuts. That's apparently my takeaway that I didn't intend to land on. I, 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 but I think you're completely right. That That's the highest point of life that anyone could achieve. Yeah. But I, no, no, no. I think 100% your take is better. I'm very cynical. And I think the only way <laughs> progress is even made is not to, to be that way. Like if you have like yeah. hope that it isn't linear, but it's still progressing, that's right. the only way we're ever going to get out of this fucking hole we're in, right? So I think that's a better way to look at it for sure. I just, I'm, I'm so, I need to not be as cynical. I know that about myself, but this is not no, the therapy no, session I'm, that we signed up for. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, I think about this a lot too, right? Like, I'm mm-hmm. very, um, I, I, I think some bad stuff are coming. I run a prepper podcast. Um, <laughs> but I like, I believe in strategic optimism because right. we can't win unless we think we can win. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that it is worthwhile and useful, uh, even if we are like cynical, to at least fight like we can win, mm-hmm. even if we don't expect to win, right? Because it's like my win condition is really unlikely, right? My win condition is a stateless society without capitalism or like systemic oppression of any right. sort along race and you know whatever lines, right? And like, so my win condition is really unlikely to happen in my lifetime or anyone's lifetime. Mm-hmm. But it is absolutely worth fighting for. And I think it informs my life and gives my life, it makes my life better. So even though I'm cynical. Not that, yeah, that's cliche, I know, but. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sorry. So strategic optim. No, no. I mean, I was just going to strategic optimism. Everyone, that's that's what I'd like to plug. Yeah. That's Even if you takeaway. don't believe uh, you'll win, you can still act like you might, and you will have a better time. It's like going into playing yeah. a board game and being like, "Whatever, I give up." You're not going to have any fun playing the board game. I thought you were going to say. Because I also think this applies going onto a mm-hmm. plane. And I thought you were going to say going onto a plane thinking it's going to crash versus like thinking it's going to be okay. You're going to have a better time on the plane if you think it's going to be okay yeah, versus that's, it's going to crash. That's true also. <laughs> but but I, uh, having meaning in your life or like purpose or whatever, I think it gets kind of like annoying to talk about. Mm-hmm. But you're right in that. Like, what is the point of this existence if not to, like, constantly evolve and be okay doing it? Like, why yeah. be miserable if we cannot, if we have the opportunity not to? Obviously, there are, there are exceptions to that when it comes to mental health and all that stuff. Yeah. But if our brains are so powerful, like, so powerful, and I think we don't give them enough credit to, to make our, to, to shape our reality. Again, exceptions. Yeah, I know. totally. But... Uh, I think about that all the time, especially recently. Like I, I've just been in this phase of like philosophy and like whatever. And it's maybe I'm just looking at it from a really like, I don't know, <laughs> intense way. But I, I think I, I think I, I think I'm mad at myself for making fun of having meaning because that's exactly what mm-hmm. I don't want to happen because <laughs> it can be cliche. Yeah. But literally being alive and, being like, even if I help one person or like whatever it is, my life has meaning. I can be a speck yeah. on this giant fucking universe galaxy, but I'm a speck that's going to be here as long as I can and do as much as I can. Like, what else yeah. is there? There's no other option. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we should have ended when you stopped at uh, <laughs> optimism, selective optimism or. No, no, no. Yeah. Anyway. Well, got anything to plug? Besides meaning? Uh, you can follow me on the internet, uh, ShiroHero666 on Twitter, and then just ShiroHero on Instagram. I rarely post on them anymore, to be honest, to circle back to like, what is the point of all of that? Because that's how I, I just got into that little cycle of like, mm-hmm. what is the point? Um, not I mean, in a bad social way. media, nothing. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> um, exactly. <laughs> I just think for a long time, it was especially like in our quote unquote line of work, it feels like the only way to stay relevant sometimes. Yeah, totally. And you have to just kind of step back and be like, who cares? Yeah. You know? But what what is your line of work? Do you do any podcasts or anything? I do do podcasts. I do do podcasts. Uh, I occasionally will host on It Could Happen Here. I have my own podcast called Ethnically Ambiguous. And I guest on a bunch of other shit that you can listen to. Um, and I make films when I can. And you can watch those too if you want to. So. That's what I got today. Hell yeah. And you can listen to other Cool Zone podcasts, such as Hood Politics, um, Internet Hate Machine, Behind the... There's... Behind the... Behind the, the, the bullies? Yeah, baddies. I baddies. think it's like the meanies. The hateful meanies. meanies. The, hateful, the hateful, meanies. hateful meanies. Yeah. Hateful meanies pod. Um and Copyright it could happen that. here. Hateful meanies. That's that's on me. When you wait, okay. when you use it, remember me. Yeah. Uh, when you remember hateful meanies, remember. <laughs> There's the word hero. meanies. It's cute. All right. We will see. You, I will see you all next week. Bye, everyone. Cool 
People Who Did Cool Stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Open a limited time 11 month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average. Plus, it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach. Give me great food. Tacos. Give me adventure. Hiking. Give me a date night. Sunset cruise. Give me some smiles. Cheese. Give me more beaches. Beaches. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds.